Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. My name is Bree, and I'm here with three of my favorite people. Dory is here. Say hi, Dory. Hi. <laughs> hey, everyone. Jasmine is here. Hey, I am here. I am back. Love you guys. And our fearless leader, <laughs> Anne, is here today. Welcome back, Anne. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Hey, everybody. And we are talking about our second mahogany movie, To Her With Love, which we were all excited about. Um, really short description on this one. Let me pull it up. Two teachers fall for each other while saving their school's art department. It stars Sky P. Marshall and Tobias Trevelyan. And we have a cameo from Shawnee's Wilson Knox. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to be chatting about today. So before we get into it, we were talking offline about our school years and teachers and specifically if we had black teachers. So Anne, do you want to kick us off? Like talk about your experience. Yeah, um, so I did, I did a count. So in elementary school, I had two black teachers, both women. In middle school, I had six, and they were all women. In high school, I had four, and it was three women, one man. Wow. So that was my, um, just out of all the teachers, um, that was all the ones that I had that were black, mostly women. And there was one that stood out, though. I had a fourth grade teacher named Miss King, and she, of course, you know, I was young, so she seemed 80, <laughs> but she was probably like... <laughs> 60 or like 50, late 50s. She's a hoot. She's hilarious. Um, at the end of every class, we would do the cha-cha slide the last five minutes um, every day in her class, English. That was really fun. We were in fourth grade. So, you know, any excuse to like do something that wasn't work. She just, she, she also, I remember she took a whole class one time to explain to our class, which is mostly white students, um, what weave was. Uh, so that was an interesting day. And they were like, what is this? And she was like, oh, okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about explaining what weave is. So that was interesting. And um, yeah, she was just really fun. She was just full of, she had a big personality. She was full of heart. She really cared. Um and um, yeah, she was a great teacher. Those are some things that like really stood out to me as a you know a fourth grader would remember. She was great. Uh, what yeah. about you guys? Ooh. What about you, Bree? Um, so I am originally from the Midwest. I'm from like an hour away from Kansas City. So ugh, honestly, I did not have, or I don't even think I even seen a black teacher. At that point, and I left. I left there and moved to Memphis in sixth grade, and I think every black, every teacher was black. <laughs> and um, I was there. I moved around a lot, so then I moved back to Missouri, back to white, you know, all white teachers. Which I think the teacher that impacted me the most, I'll be honest, was a white male teacher that I had. I'm going through teaching certification now, and he's the teacher. Like, I, I'm doing this because of him. Um, but then when I moved back to Memphis again, I was exposed to more black teachers. And I, I think it's just, I think it's important. You know, when I, last year, when I went to my, my youngest kinder, like school, elementary school to um, observe some teachers, you know, I live in San Antonio, so it's a really diverse city. But when I walked into some of those classes, like the few black students were like, 
you know, like you could just tell like, oh gosh, mm -hmm. she looks like me kind of thing. And it was like, okay, you know, yeah, this is why I need to be here. So I think it's important. I think, I don't even think that we think about how important it is because you're mm -hmm. just like in school. But when you look back on your life and it's like, yeah, like, you know, it would have been nice to have seen more of me in the classroom. So, you know, it's my experience. Uh, who's next? Jazz? Yes. My experience, because it's totally different because I grew up in California my whole life. So half the time I lived in the Bay Area, the other half I lived in the Central Valley. That's where I currently live right now. So growing up, especially because I lived in Oakland, I lived in Vallejo. My second, I think elementary school had like maybe one black teacher. She was my second grade black teacher. She was my second grade teacher. Then when I was in middle school, I had a total of... Technically, it was four, though, but I had the same teacher twice for art class. Um, but my sixth grade um, English teacher, she literally was my aunt's teacher when she was in middle school. I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah. She like, remember my aunt's name. Like, Hi, da -da -da. I'm like, how did you know this? <laughs> and in seventh grade, I had one black teacher. No, no, like that's a that's 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 three, and then ninth grade I had two because one she barely came back from maternity leave because her grandfather actually um, was the um, name after the high school, so I was like that's really dope. But for me, I think what inspired me was I saw they're always you know all women, but I didn't have any male black teachers. I saw like the custodians or like the football coaches, like I yeah. see those people around, but um. I saw a lot of women who did STEM. That was really, really like, I stood out to me, STEM or art. Like, when my, my teacher, she was in seventh grade, she did, you know, biology. I'm like, oh, that's really dope. Like, my math teacher in ninth grade, she was, you know, math teacher. Like, my Spanish teacher, like, she was um, Black, but she was teaching Spanish. Kind of like, this is really mind-blowing. Like, I can do anything I want to do or be able to teach any type of subject. I'm like... It was, out of, it was like an experience. But when I moved to Bakersfield for high school, the rest of my teachers were up the like whole like three and a half years. I didn't have one black teacher though, but I did have this one teacher on campus. Name is Grimes. And she was a fastinista. <laughs> like, you can work. Monday through Friday. I'm like, why am I not in your class? But I'm just sitting here like, I did not see many male representation on campus that's from that's that from my perspective or i may have but i didn't have them as teachers yeah. or it could have been other location other schools what about you dory well in elementary school i only had one black teacher and she was my second grade teacher, Mrs. Booker, and I really attribute her to my love of reading. It took me kind of a while to learn to read, but then when I did, I loved it, and it's all I wanted to do. Um, and I feel like that second grade year was kind of pivotal to me as far as reading went, and I wonder if part of it was because yeah. of her. And then in middle school and in high school, like when we started to switch classes, I had different teachers for different subjects. I think I had probably three or four black teachers in middle school and three or four in high school. And most of them taught like language arts, English, literature, like those kind of subjects. Those were also my favorite classes in school. So I wonder if part of it was because of them. 
And then part of it was I was just inclined to those kind of subjects in the first place. But yeah, I attribute a lot of my kind of love of reading and books and writing to those um, Black teachers I had who taught those subjects. Yay! I I think it's one of those things where it's like almost like, I mean, some of it's conscious, I think, but a lot of it's like kind of like subconscious like we don't even Mm -hmm. realize like how much it matters or it affects us or that we feel understood or heard or seen and -hmm. we don't even realize it like when it's a black teacher like my therapist she's black and for me like that that's an important thing because Mm -hmm. I just have a I just feel like there's an understanding a comfortability a things of my experience that she'll understand more because she's black and we can relate to each other. And so, you know, I think it's, it's just, it's a, yeah. And the same with doctors. I mean, I think that maybe if there was more black doctors, maybe black people would go to the doctor more or they would trust mm-hmm. doctors more, maybe. I mean, that that's just a total, just, just throwing that out there as a thing. But I mean, I think maybe, you know, I mean, could, I will admit like, I, I freak out if I walk into a doctor's office and it's a black doctor. I know the last time it happened, it was this little short black woman doctor. And I was like, you're Doc McStuffins in real life. <laughs> you know, like, I have not seen you before. <laughs> that is so cute. It's rare, especially with doctors, I feel like. It's, it's mm-hmm, rare yeah. for me to see like a black yeah. doctor. Like currently my doctor, um, she is black currently right now. I know my laptop before that she was Indian and I made me something about minority doctors versus maybe, you know, white doctors are totally different. Like they understand you from a cultural background. They see you and actually work with you versus looking, um, on paper, like, Oh, this is what it is on paper. No, look at this from a cultural standpoint. And I'm just seeing like me and uh, anthropology and her like, look at the cultural side of us, like see us as human eyes, mm-hmm. the people on the paper, like checking boxes mm-hmm. and like data. I'm like, no, we are real people. We all have different, you know, functions. And some people, some cultures, we like sugar. Some cultures don't like sugar. Like it happens. But just seeing, I think representation, it does matter. When you walk into a door, like, oh, there are, you know, even I have like got done my therapy for my ankle. Like I saw a, um, a um therapist like she's a black therapist she saw me i saw her i was like i I got like a a connection for some some reason i'm like am i the only black person that's working out besides other black people in here but like seeing the work i'm like okay i see us (laughs) do you think like sadly it's just not having the access to i mean all of these careers that we're talking about you gotta go to school for right and like i'll be the Mm -hmm first to admit like I probably would not have went to college had I not went to the military and it was free so you know do you think that's like I you know I have some friends that are black librarians and like they'll be the first like they're like we need more black librarians but you have to get like a master's Mm -hmm. in library of science or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. so I think Mm -hmm. in some aspects like some libraries are looking to change that to like help get more people in but it's just you know, this, the the world that we live in, especially here in the States, you know, unlike some countries, like you have to pay to go to college. 
I think that's absolutely the case. I'm actually in grad school right now um, for like counseling psychology and they do not make it easy to be a therapist. They do not make it easy to be a counselor. You have to get a grad degree. It's really hard to get that grad degree when you're working at the same time. And I mean, a lot of people need to, most people need to work, you know, The, you don't, not a lot of people have the luxury of having either independent wealth or a partner who can help them or parents who can help them. And so that's, I think that's why we see that it, it can be more challenging to find, for instance, a black woman therapist, um, because there are lots of barriers. And even after you get the degree, you have to get counseling hours and those aren't, you know, you're an associate at that point. So you're not making as much as a, as a licensed therapist would. So like you still have to, in a lot of cases, have another job. It's hard. You know, I think that's a really good point, Brie. Like a lot of these professions require a lot of education, which is expensive, but also difficult just to juggle with your life, especially if you're working, you know? Yeah. You have to have some amount of money to do these things, and that's not always feasible for people. Even if it's their calling, even if it's what the, yes. if it's their passion and it's what they really want to do, a lot of times finances and other things can get in the way. Absolutely. They don't make yeah. it easy. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with you, Dory. I think that the access, the financial, you know, how expensive it is, and the access, you know, for people of color, just makes it really it makes it hard to be able mm-hmm. to afford to do. And cause most people need to work, yeah. yep. you know? And so I think that's definitely why we don't see, you know, black people, you know, as, as many black people, teachers or doctors or therapists or, you know, things like that, college professors, you know, all of those things, I think it's because of a, yeah. Education finance. Yeah. Issue. I was so naive. I thought, Becoming a teacher has to be easy and not expensive. And I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> the amount of money that I owe the pro, cause I'm going the non-traditional route. So I mean, eat like 4,000 is the like basic. It's like more than that. Like thousands of dollars you're paying for mm-hmm. every test that you have to take. I mean, so try to pass it the first yeah. time so you don't have to pay for it again, you know? So it's, it's expensive. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this could be a reason why you don't see, you know, that many people. Well, and then if you want extra pre- preparation for the tests, you have to pay for that. Like if you were to want, if you were to need a tutor or yes. something, mm-hmm. you know, like it's never, there are all these hidden costs yes. as well. It's never just mm-hmm. tuition or books. There are a million hidden costs. Yeah. Like there are some in order to get your hours as a therapist, there are some clinics that you pay Mm -hmm. to go there and get hours. So like you as a student are paying them X amount of dollars a month or whatever to use their facility. It's just it. They make it so hard (laughs) and there has to be a better there has to be a better way, you know, right. Yeah, ever for each of my like I have three tests to take for the study material for each, eighty bucks, eighty bucks, and I'm just like See, this adds up. Like eighty dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but for three tests, 
it's a lot. And I and don't you make can't a lot not of money. do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you can't not do it. I mean, you could, but then yeah. you fail the test. So then you have to pay for it again. Like it's, it's really complicated. Okay, Kelly, you have 30 seconds to explain who we are and why we are so important to the world of podcasts, especially if you like rom-coms. Oh, okay. We love rom-coms and we love love. And if you listen to us, you're going to find out so much about love and rom-coms. We're also filmmakers. And so when we look at these movies, we might make fun of them sometimes, but mostly it's about love. We're a gentleman's guide to rom-coms. From Netflix originals to Hollywood classics, we are a movie of the week podcast devoted to your favorite rom-com. Check us out wherever podcasts are heard. What were y'all's overall thoughts of the movie to her with love? I mean, I really liked it. I thought, I mean, can we take a minute to appreciate all of the beautiful different tones of melanin and black skin in this movie? Yes. Like I was just loving how everyone looked like the kids, the teachers. I was just, I mean, my heart just swelled. Have we ever seen this many black people in a Hallmark movie? It's no, never, right? I know. I no. Do not think so. no. Right? Cuz it was a black a predominantly black school with a predominantly black staff and they're what, Yes, you. with a thank black you. principal, we saw their families and I was just living. So yeah, I was just thrilled to see so many black people in a Hallmark movie. It was amazing. And everyone looked so good. And I loved their clothes and I loved their hair. I was just living for that aspect of the movie. And then I did like the story on top of that. I thought there were um, a lot of themes that I really appreciated the theme of like, finding where you belong in the world, like what to do with your talents and your passions, what happens when your ambitions kind of take you in a different direction than maybe they, than maybe what's best for you. I love the whole thread of like creativity and how scary it can be to show your creativity to the world because that's like showing your true self to the world and how I thought it was beautiful to see these kids doing that. I mean, these are kids, you know, like it's just, you have to be so brave to share that part of yourself. And I liked the kind of threads about home and family and the importance of that. Yeah, I just, there was a lot about this movie that I really loved and that really touched me. And I also really loved, it was like a love letter to teachers. And I loved that because I feel like, especially these past couple years, I mean, teachers have just been through so much between the pandemic, like parents just, you know, being really angry about curriculums and books being banned and like all these, I mean, and teachers are just kind of in the middle of all of it, right? Like they're just trying to teach our kids and support our kids and they put up with so much. I loved that this movie kind of showed the best of teachers and how important they are and how vital they are. 
and how like literally where would we be without teachers, you know? So maybe we should all treat them a little better and appreciate them a little more. So th- those are my thoughts. Anne, what did you think? <laughs> really enjoyed the movie. I loved, um, you know, the casting. I liked Sky and Tobias so much. Yeah. Um, and I did appreciate just, you know, having like so much of an overall, you know, black cast because it's just something we don't see, you know, especially on Hallmark. And so it's good to see that, you know, in this movie. And um, I actually went to school for teaching. Um, it's not what I do now, um, but I have so much respect for teachers and all that they do and all that they have to learn and just how they are the middle, the middleman a lot. Um, but their influence is so big. I mean, they spend so much time with kids. Yeah. And so their influence is so big. And so, you know, what they do and their attitude and, you know, their work is so, so valuable. Um, and so I liked how it showed that in this movie, you know, I loved, you know, the moment where, um, she went and she played, you know, the flute, um, with the girl, I forgot her name, Emma. but I really liked that moment. Emma, yes. I love that moment. Like where she was like, Hey, you know, like, let's pick up where you and your mom left off and, you know, and then, um, what's mm-hmm. Jordan, what's the movie? Jordan, Jordan. I was about to say his real name. Jordan looks in. I was like, Mr. Griffin. <laughs> we'll just say Jordan because I can't remember. <laughs> um, you know, I love that moment. I love that where, you know, he oh went my to gosh. You know, home and, you know, took that extra step to Griffin. No, I you know. know. Like, teachers are in a way, they're like this, like, you know, like this second, you know, parental mentor mm-hmm. figure, you know, that kids look up to. And, um, you know, the arts are really important. So I love that it focused on that. It's a really important, you know, for kids when they're growing up to figure out, you know, what their creativity is, you know, what's an outlet for them that helps them or that just their passion or, you know, and so I think it's really important. I think they did a great job um, with the movie. I enjoyed the storylines, the themes that they were bringing up. Um, I, I just really liked it. I love the ending. I mean, I just... It was a, it was, it was a, it was a good movie. Jazz. I told myself I wasn't gonna think? cry on this podcast. <laughs> oh, don't cry! Don't you then we'll all crying. be crying. I'm a crier. I don't have my tissues right. by me. Okay, right, if you need to so cry. This movie, honestly, <laughs> it it touched me a lot. Like in a sense of not only just representation of it, like just how much teachers need to be appreciated that mm-hmm. teachers it doesn't matter what race we are that they do so much i have another cry they do so much and they care for their students i thought about myself going through school how much teachers are there to hear you be their safe haven when they are you know you at lunchtime you don't know where to eat but you know their classroom is open for you like they are there to listen to ear like they're training you know that not that training at home but like they're they're like their second parent you know you need it like if you're a coach you know coaching like you know basketball football like you're like their second like big brother their parents you're looking up to even though you feel like you don't have that guidance but teachers are so needed i love the fact that i get to see that not only that like we get to take a different take on from a classroom perspective because we've seen hallmark movies where they talk about you know the bake sales, stuff like that, though. But this is a whole different mm-hmm. avenue they're, they're tackling. The different themes about, you know, students who are dealing with, like, loss of parents or 
you know, their parents, church, or home, like that, miss school, like these different things, or someone who is dyslexic, you know, with learning disability, like they're talking about real yeah. things, real issues in school that is not being mm-hmm. spoken of. Like I remember working in retail. I remember Jerry used to come, this black Jerry would come into Ross and he will get a lot of leggings, you know, he's like the girls are coming in with, you know, short shorts or with the distressed jeans. And like, you're seeing like, you know, you don't want them to get kids out of school, but I want to make sure they're in the classroom. Like these educators, they care. And I seen it display. And also I've seen this way of black love being formed and you seeing that, you know, I'm just in love with the movie. It just, it brought up for me, like, originally why I wanted to go into teaching in the first place. And I'm just kind of like, it's kind of like reassuring me, like, do I want to go back and go back to school and get my, my credential and everything? Like, it made me think I can be, you know, a great representation. Someone needs to see me in these classrooms as well and be able to expire and uplift and be able to push the next generation. And I'm like, this movie was it for me. And it was a great love letter. Like Dora said, a great love letter to teachers, a great love letter to aspiring teachers, people who are mm-hmm. interested back into teaching. Because I know teachers are getting burned out. My best yeah. friend's uh, mother-in-law, she's leaving the um, teacher realm two years earlier for her retirement. But she said she loves it. But it's just the students, it, it has changed overall throughout, you know, the political side of like, you know, teaching. And... Mm-hmm. I know for a fact, like, you know, we can't give up on these students, especially the newer generation, because what the movie has shown, like, you know, we don't know these students' backgrounds. I literally just re-watched To Serve Love, which is like a, you know, this movie now, a tribute to it. So I'm like, I'm seeing both the parallels of it, like, oh, wow, like, there's something that, there's something that's here. And I'm glad that they're using a platform to educate us understand what's going on in the school system at the same time what teachers do go through every day in making these different decisions because sometimes they leave a profession and go to you know do other things like my one of my third grade teachers she did that she women she was teaching us in third grade next couple years later oh no she left to go get a law school degree i'm like you know we've seen these things are happening but at the same time it's like there are teachers who are there for the long haul to be there and be educators to be uplifting for the next generation but i enjoy this movie i enjoy the re i guess you know give me back in my creative side of things as well you know discover mm-hmm. my passions mm-hmm. yeah i think you would yeah. be a wonderful teacher well, i just I, have to put it out there so would. if this inspired you to go back yes, and yes. you know get your degrees credentials all that I love it because I think you'd be wonderful. I just had to say that. And Brie, you too, of course. Like I want, I want, I want Miss Brie. I want to be in Miss Brie's class. I want to be in Miss Jasmine's class. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want. I want to hang with them. Y'all pray for me. I'm I'm trying to teach social studies in Texas. See, okay, so y'all pray. AKA for the Lord's me. work okay. over here. <laughs> Bree, we're gonna we are gonna lift you up, Bree, because you need it. Okay. Okay. Mind you, okay. my okay. best friend tells me all the time, like, all the time in all these look amazing. I don't know why you're not a teacher. I'm like, I'm in your classroom all the time. I drop off the kids, my future kids, they'll be at your house doing decoration stuff. We pick them up later. I'm like, I know you are. <laughs> 
Like I tell myself, <laughs> if I was to go into teaching, I'd either do art or maybe do social studies, though. But I know I will probably fight if I was in high school. Like, can I at least have like one class that was an anthropology class? I could teach kids anthropology for like that, like you know, that one class, and I'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think the part of it that really like my overall thought was like you said love letter to teachers and just a reminder how I mean sure there's going to be bad there's going to be some bad seeds but for the most part good teachers care and they care enough to where like they did not make it easy for Kayla when she showed up at Stansville like Mm -hmm. are you gonna stick Mm -hmm. around like we care enough about these kids that like if this isn't where you're trying to stay just mm-hmm. don't be here kind of thing. So I, I think I, I really loved that. And yeah, it just, it was a fun movie. It had a lot of like moving parts, but like it just kept you so engaged. I thought Sky and Tobias, like their chemistry was so believable. You fell in love with her parents, oh her dad gosh. making these like Her parents comments. were killing me. <laughs> and like her... Yes. Yes. And you know what I, I was thinking? I was like, a lot of times in Hallmark movies, not there's some some movies where the parents are still together, but like a lot right. of times somebody's died. I love how, you know, in this movie, her parents are both alive. They're still together. I loved seeing that. Her dad walks out, carries her stuff in the house. Like, we got you. You can stay as long as you need to. Like, because that's so, I mean, Mm-hmm. it's a very real it thing is. you know um yeah. so yeah there was just there was so much this was just like a joyful movie I think I think it was just a joyful movie all the way around from award-winning author Olivia Matthews comes a new cozy mystery in the small town of Peach Coast Georgia murder out of character follows book loving librarian and amateur sleuth Marve after she finds a handwritten list of locals' names at an event. With time running out and a serial killer on the loose, can she piece the clues together in time? Full of Southernisms, a quirky supporting cast, and a sweet side helping of romance, this mystery is the perfect whodunit for your fall reading list. Publishers Weekly calls Murder Out of Character the prose equivalent of a Hallmark family movie. Available now on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and select bookstores. For more about Murder Out of Character and Olivia's entire Peach Ghost Library mystery series, visit www.patriciasurgent.com. That's patriciasurgent.com. I'm about to meet you. <laughs> what did y'all think about the meet cute in the hallway? I love when there's some confusion in the meet cute. <laughs> so, Me too. I you know what? That. I thought it was so that's, that's cute. typically it's us. Like, Wait, who are you? And that's like, oh, that's, that's typically us. That's, that's us as the culture. We're looking okay. like. Who's that? Like, wait a minute. I see you. You see me. And I felt that. I felt that everyday moment. Like, you know, you're out with your girls or your guys. Like, wait, who's that girl? Like, looking like, they looking like at the corner of your eye. I'm like, I felt that. That was like the real thing. I'm like, and then the crazy part was the mom was trying to set her up the whole time. I loved that. But that me cute. Oh, yeah. I felt that in my spirit. I was like, that's something that we do in the culture where we look in like, like, I see you. Do you see me? Or wait. Like, I do see you still. <laughs> yeah. It was so cute. Oh, it was adorable. 
I loved I loved that seeing them meet. Like I yeah, loved I, them when they were setting up um and she first saw him and she was just looking at him like who is that? And then she caught him looking at her and right. was like, you know, like there was just a spark there and an interest and then I loved their banter when they met in the hallway. Oh my gosh. I thought that was so funny. I laughed out loud at that part when when they were their banter and they were essentially like <laughs> sizing each other up and the, you know, the missed um or the wrong identity, like he thought that she was, you know, there to kind of evaluate the, the school and to see if funding needed to get cut. So he already came up like he was already annoyed, like he had an attitude almost immediately. Like it was just so funny to me. I loved it. After getting the job, Kayla learns that the art department is in trouble, which I feel like mm-hmm. across the country Mm-hmm. If districts need money, let's cut the arts because people have this assumption that it's not as important as your math, your sciences, your language arts. So what did y'all think about this? Hallmark always gives us a goal. So what did y'all think about this goal in particular? I think it's a good goal. I mean, the arts are so important and they always, you know, because they're not you know, test, you know, on the test or whatever, you know, then they get cut first because they're not as important, quote, quote. Yeah, it's not true. And that's just not true. For one thing, you know, I've worked with children and children need time to express and unwind and, you know, have something to express themselves with. And if they don't have that, they're not going to be able to absorb all this, you know, learning information and subject matter because they have, all they do is just, you know, have to sit still and listen all day. You know, they need to be able to, you know, express themselves through art Mm -hmm. or through dance or through music or, you know, through different things so they can find their passions so they can have an outlet so they can express themselves. So that when it's time to, you know, absorb and learn, like they can be more present to do that. But if you, you can't expect them to just, you know, and not to mention that in schools they can provide, um, mm-hmm. you know, creative arts, you know, materials and things that kids might not have access to. So this might be the only time that they can explore and discover, you know, and be creative um, because, you know, that costs money to get all those kinds of supplies and, you know, different things like that. So it's really important. I loved how in Kayla's class, you had like, it was like all encompassing, like you weren't going to an art class and then a music class. Like she created those stations, sit where you want. You know, if you're a painter, we had the painter guys over here. We had the flute set up over here, you know, Leon's in the front writing raps and poetry. Like it was just kind of all encompassing. I was like, dang, I wish I would have had, like, I'm not a painter. I didn't play not <laughs> nobody's instrument. You guys can't sing, but you know, I was okay. I could have written some angsty teenage poetry and I would have loved to have a, a teacher <laughs> support me in that. So <laughs> I loved that. It was just this environment that encouraged all of it, you know? Yes. I love that. I really think they should mm-hmm. do it that way. Like in actual school. Cause I'm the same as you. I'm more of like, you know, poetry is more my thing or like writing. 
Like I couldn't, I can't do any of the other stuff, but I think it would have been cool to, you know, be in an environment where you can see different mm-hmm. people, like find their talents and explore their yeah. talents. Like that would have been like, so I cool. Like I wanted to be in her class. I mean, if you see the world that we live in now, we all need mm-hmm. entertainment, clearly. So support the arts, because mm-hmm. <laughs> where does all of this come from? All of these movies and everything that we enjoy. Somebody, you know, somebody so, with an artistic part mind. About the arts is that they transcend through all other subjects. You know, like women are just about, you know, looking at pictures. You no, know, mm-hmm. like you are creating words on paper that can be translated into language arts, social studies. You're creating like, you know, masterpieces of like artwork. It could be art history, musician, you're Mm. writing notes, you're writing all those work together. I think that would, I think educators or or especially superintendents in like, you know, big offices are not, not seeing is that the arts help the other subjects within schools. They transcend, they Mm. blend in to make what they are today. I'm using my anthropology mind right now. It's like how my degree is like, we have four subjects. Yes, girl. We have four different subjects. We have culture, physical, biology, (laughs) and we have linguistics. You know, we all focus on one thing. We said the other three subjects because they all work together to create that major. Same thing as art, same thing as history. You need some words. You need to have some English lit to put write everything down. Mm -hmm. You need to have like some art. You need to put that in there for like pictures, like to have context. Like everything works together to make what our world is. And without art, Everything fuck is gonna be dead. We don't have the music. We don't have, you know, art museums we go to. We don't have the books. We don't have the creative notes that people like. We need the arts. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you may think we're gonna cut yeah. them, but you cut them. You're cutting a part of history, cut, cutting part of culture out that students and everybody around us need. Shoot, everybody will freak out about Broadway. Something happened to Broadway, and that's part of the arts. Right. Yes, that's part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. We no know. to listen to. Oh my goodness. They cut the I art mean, department, okay? I also feel like <laughs> there's there such a danger in like positioning arts as optional or like something that only certain people have access to because to mm. Anne's point, like a lot of kids can only get exposure to certain artistic mediums at school. You know, their parent, like it is expensive to play an instrument. I was in band all through high school and middle school and I loved it. My best memories from school and high school are from band. I played saxophone and like, I was really blessed that my parents could afford to like get me private lessons if I needed and pay for my instrument. It's expensive. Like lots of parents can't provide that for their kids. But if they get that from school, they can at least have the exposure and figure out what they might be interested in um, arts wise. And also, I think it really helps like the teen years, preteen years are not easy. And it really helps to have something that's yours, right? Like your thing, that thing that you're good at. And not everyone is good at traditional subjects in school. Not everyone is a good test taker. And so, I mean, I feel bad for these kids. Like we're taught to get your value out of getting that A, you know, to getting that high test score. And I feel like with the arts, 
maybe if the, you know, maybe if math and science and history aren't really your thing, but you love piano or you love to sing and you have that at school and that's your thing, that can help carry you through. And I just think that it's such a shame, like, how many people are sitting there and they could be so good at something artistic and they just don't know because they never had the exposure to it. I think that is so mm-hmm. sad to think about. Yeah. And isn't that part of education too? Like teaching kids what their strong suit is, teaching them what makes them special or, and also teaching them options. Like there are plenty of careers you could have in the arts. You could be a teacher you could have your own business. You can, I mean, orchestras are hiring, you know, like you can play in an orchestra. Um, I have a friend who I went to high school with who was like an amazing um, trumpet player. And she's a professional trumpet player. She plays in bands. She, you know, teaches. That has, she made that her career. It's an option. And I think that it's such a shame when we talk about arts as something that's like optional, you know, like you don't have to, that's not necessary for these kids. These kids need to learn this so they can get this test score so they can go into these jobs. And that's just not accurate. I agree. I love looking at those videos on Instagram of like teenagers or just even kids dancing or uh, I saw one, there was this black teenage girl it was her prom night and she was standing in the, like in front of her house she's the drum major so she has like it. her prom oh, dress on looking so gorgeous and this huge drum and I'm like yes like like you said Dory something that's mine and it also gives them mm-hmm. something I think to look forward to and like you don't want your kids in the streets like there's so many mm-hmm. other things your teenagers could be doing but like going to band practice going to dance practice like I think most of us would choose that over the other negative things out there that they could be doing so yes yes we love the arts programs Mm. they're so important yeah okay speaking of art (laughs) we had a cameo by Shanice what did we think (laughs) did Shanice's you know cameo add anything to the story was it just sweet to see Shanice I mean she's gorgeous and we all can just start singing <laughs> I love your smile at the drop of a dime what did we think about seeing her in the okay, movie to be with you, I did not know Shanice was in the movie till she showed up I was like Shanice where you come from about you in another Disney group about if I ever knew you uh singing the song we're over here writing different uh song that we play at our wedding and you're on the list <laughs> I'm, I'm actually like how Flex doing by the way are we still get that one-on-one reunion let us know <laughs> <laughs> but no it was it was kind of an eye-opening scene I guess Someone coming back and just, I guess, playing our part in that movie was kind of a tribute to coming back to your old alma mater, like giving a speech about art creativity. Because you don't ever get to see those here and there moments. Like, you know, you see like, you know, athlete retire their number and, you know, seeing the school and everything, like, you know, giving back. But getting back to the arts, saying that, yes, we do go back to these schools. We do go to our communities and we do help out. Bless Jessica. Bless you. She was really cute. I think whoever wrote like the actual teenage dialogue would just like hit the nail on the coffin. And then like that moment when they're walking in and the teachers are like, what y'all know about 90s R&B? <laughs> and Leon's like, 
we may be in high school, but like we know about some 90s R&B, which I'm like, really, my 13 year old is obsessed with the 90s. So I'm like, this is so realistic. If your child's ready to listen to the Kevin Cam with me, let me know. I got all the hours to talk about it. I thought it was great to see Shanice in this movie. And um, I mean, I thought it was just, you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, for Hallmark music, you have to just expect it's going to be 45 yeah. seconds to 60 seconds. That's all you're going to get. Have your expectation low because it's really expensive, apparently, when they move their mouth. It's expensive it's to like license so, the songs. So yeah. So it's like, I knew. Mm. I'm like, I know it's going to be like under a minute. Um, so I was set there, but um, it was great to hear her sing. I thought it was just so great for the kids, you know, to be able there to like witness in person, like, you know, seeing her sing and just, um, you know, and just being able to like, really like, you know, like that's not something that like, you know, kids get to do every day, you know, see yeah. like a black artist like perform, you know, even just, you know, for, for a few, for under 60 seconds. <laughs> Cause y'all, I'd be getting nervous. I'd be like, Oh gosh, what's this? What's the singer gonna do in the movie? <laughs> Sometimes I get, I get a little nervous. I <laughs> love you think, seeing Dory? her. I I will always love seeing her. I'm gonna go off on a tangent for a second, but whenever I see her, I think of. So I watched 90210 Beverly Hills 90210 when I was like too young to be watching 90210. Okay, like a child. I should not have been watching that show. <laughs> but I remember in their graduation episode, there was like a special um I loved that episode and they did a special edition episode I, on a VHS tape. And I loved that episode so much my parents bought me the VHS tape. And on that VHS tape there was a Shanice music video. Because she was in one of the 90210 episodes. And like Brian Austin Green is in this music video. And it is just so whenever I think of her, I know. So whenever I think of her, I think of that music video. It was for her song Saving Forever For You, which is my favorite song of hers. Everyone look up the video. And uh, yeah, you've got to. I'm just always happy to see her again. I wish she would have, I don't know, sang a full song, but I understand there are budget concerns. But yeah, she looked great. And I'm never going to be mad at an appearance by an R&B, a 90s R&B musician. Come on. It was just such a nice little treat. And then she shows up again at the end. To wrap it up, I love that her cameo. Exactly. I love that her cameo meant more than just like, oh, it's really cool that we got to see her sing. And she's, it's like, no, she's invested. She wants these kids to succeed as well. So I liked Mm -hmm. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice touch. Well, what did you think about having the few scenes that focused solely on the students? I thought that was so important and enlightening because every student is not like perfect where, you know, they all get straight A's. No, like these students come from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one student was dealing with a disability. I I related to that because I do have a disability. I have a learning disability. I'm like, I get that. I understand. Someone lost their parent. I'm like... And trying to move on, trying to, you know, pick up the pieces. Like, I understand that. Someone who had to take care of their sibling because their parents working two, three jobs. 
you know, we're getting real students in their real life and why they're not going to school, why they feel like there's no hope, there's no purpose. And we have these teachers here who's trying to grow them to young women and young men and be examples and help them along the way with their parents who can't pick up those pieces, but be there as a guide. And just seeing these students' stories was very important to highlight, yes, these students are going through these um, um, traumatic moments in their lives, also being the therapist at the same time, but also having those avenues in her art class to open up and go through their um, healing process, their healing journey, be able to express that even through word, through music, through art. And her speech during the art class needs to be framed and needs to be on my wall because she spoke so much truth in that. And I'm so glad we get to see that and other hallmarkies and everybody who's watching this film get to see that all students may go through trauma, but they could turn their trauma into beautiful art for the next person to be the inspiration. I, I always get a little bit nervous um, about um, <laughs> And teams. not you get nervous with the Hallmark <laughs> teams. <laughs> we just, we don't have a lot of Hallmark, only the teens, like not, you know, especially when they're this not is like, true. the leads or mm. anything. Um, and so, I'm just like, I'm always like, oh gosh, is this dialogue going to be realistic? Like, you know, what, you know, and, but I appreciated that it was, you know, like he got really embarrassed, you know, asking a girl out in the hallway and then, you know, he got mad and that's, you know, mm-hmm. kid, teenagers have so many hormones. I would not go back to middle school, high school <laughs> if someone paid me $10 million. I just can't explain that roller coaster of emotion, internal emotions. I just can't deal with it again. Um, so... Uh, you know, teenagers have so many emotions and, you know, rejection is a big one. And, um, you know, just being embarrassed and just feeling nervous about liking somebody and everything in that moment, I totally, you know, related to. Um, and just, I love that they had like, you know, a nice kind of diverse group of kids. Um, you know, I thought that the teen actors, you know, did a good job. Um, you know, that can be kind of like, you know, uh, that can be something too. Is is it going to be like terrible acting? Um, but no, I thought they did a good job. They did. Um, and I thought, you know, what they wrote for them, you know, the dialogue, the things to say and, you know, things. I thought it was, you know, good and, you know, pretty realistic. Um, so I was, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised um you know with the you know the class scenes and that just the teen scenes when they were just talking to each other and stuff so ho 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 we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast especially at christmas do you enjoy the holiday previews recaps interviews and bonus episodes If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. 
So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. I thought they were all great. I thought they all did a really nice job. And I think their backstories kind of give important context to why they might be acting the way they're acting or why they might need what they need. And I thought they all did um, wonderful. Like Anne said, kind of playing the roller coaster of emotions that you deal with during those years when your hormones are just completely going nuts. And I mean, and some of that, listen, you don't even grow out of it when from after you're a teenager, because when he got mad after he got embarrassed, I was like, that's real. Like you put yourself out there and someone <laughs> freaks out and it doesn't go the way you planned. Like it is human to get mad and be like, I cannot believe I just did that. I am mortified. I'm going to punch a wall. You know, like that is uh human so i thought that they did a great job with those scenes yeah oh my gosh when he tries to ask him oh my gosh and he did such a beautiful job and those kids were so mean (sighs) laughing at him oh he did and she was into it she was gonna say yes had they not started laughing yes Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She looked into it and then when she saw him start to laugh, mm-hmm. then she just, you know, kind of like went turtle in shell and just kind of freaked out and mm-hmm. wanted to evacuate it as soon as possible. Yeah. But, gosh, yeah, my heart hurt for him. Yeah, I love that they included, you know, the small storylines with the students just so that we could see, like, on top of everything else going on, they have, you know, their own lives going on and you don't know as a teacher necessarily like when they leave your class what they're necessarily going home to or even in the hallway like what they're planning Mm -hmm. and plotting so I don't know I thought it was just like a fun a fun spin to see and I was I was happy that they included it so Jordan and Kayla have a sweet backyard movie date and they have an almost kiss. And I was hoping for a full kiss. I was a little disappointed that it was an almost kiss. But the phone rings in typical <laughs> Hallmark fashion and the kiss doesn't happen. What did y'all think of the almost kiss? Are we okay no. that it was an almost? No. Could we have went no. or no? I wanted a kiss. <laughs> I need that yeah. canopy with lights. I know that's right. Office. Yes. Yes. Well Preach, done. Jasmine. No, the almost kiss was not okay. I'm tired of this. I will scream about it forever. It's just unnecessary, especially because also you're getting a job offer at what? Like nine o'clock at night? Someone's calling you about a job. Give me a break. I thought it was going to be an emergency. Like something happened with one of the kids. Something happened with her parents. It's about a job at like nine o'clock, ten o'clock? No, no. Mm-mm. I was not okay with it. Mm-mm. Okay. I-, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, are you serious? I'm like, she couldn't get this. She was gonna get this insane late night call. It couldn't have been like seven minutes later. Like, why does it have to be right now? Like, why couldn't it be when she was 
as soon as she walked out the gate, right? She could have been on cloud nine. She's got the, so she got the phone call. Like, yeah, like, exactly. And I mean, it's from her previous job at the private school. I went to a private school in middle school, y'all. Ain't nobody making <laughs> calls at no nine or ten o'clock at night at a private school, okay? Public school teachers, they might still be in school making calls, but private school when you have like my class was literally the only seventh grade class and there was like twenty of us. Nobody's still in school that late making calls. <laughs> I'm sure there's a private school teacher listening and they're like, Brie, you got it all wrong. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying. In my experience, it's a no. It's like, why can't you just get the call the next morning and then it introduces the conflict of, oh, mm-hmm. last night I had this great date with Jordan and now I have this offer and like that is how we need it. Okay. Yeah. But can we just say, she like, was, was so stiff. She was sad. She was nervous. She was nervous, yeah, y'all. She was nervous. Yeah. Okay. Ruth just threw his hand like this over her. I was like, I would have melted and called it a day. Like, let's Yeah, exactly. Team. Her shoulders were so bunched. So smoothly. I was like, let, let me let me be with Jordan now. Hold on. I think I think because Kayla the whole time has one foot in the door mm-hmm. and one foot out. Yeah, because I was thinking that too. I was like, "Girl, you have this fine man, like wanting to cuddle with you and watch this movie. He set it up all nice, but I'm like, even though her heart is kind of leaning in this direction, she still has other things that she wants to do. And I think because I I was thinking about it, I was like, this is one of those movies where I feel like the tension is there the whole time, and it's so obvious, like. She's taking this job. She doesn't really want to be there. I'm warming up to it. Okay, I like it here. But like this other right. stuff is still looming in the background. I could easily go back to my old job that has better benefits and, you know, easier students to deal with. And I still have this London thing. Like you never forget that through the whole book. So I like when I was I was noticing her being like super tense too. And I'm like, Sky Marshall is really playing the heck out of this character because that's the character. Like she's... One mm-hmm. foot in and one foot out. The will door, she stay or will she go like. the whole time? Will she stay or will she go? Yeah, but yeah, that almost kiss. I was like, "Come on now!" I thought, I thought we were making progress <laughs> with the almost. I know we are making some definite progress, but <laughs> not in this movie. Not but in one movie. Mm-hmm. We got lots of kisses. Right? We needed more. <laughs> I mean, they did kind of make up for it at the end. Like, I'm glad but, that he she got the, like. At the dance, she got like the dip and kiss. Yeah, yeah. but still so for a work call. Kiss. Yeah, that, we no. wanted to kiss at that part <laughs> at the movie. It's all we wanted. Okay, we wanted a romantic night. Okay, yeah. I know it was so romantic. And uh, it was a great part yeah. about it was they actually they watched to serve with love to get that yes. tribute to it. Which I actually watched it last night, by the way, guys. I was still half asleep watching it. <laughs> yes. And the thing about me throwing in the actual movie, actually it's based off the autobiography, uh, which the movie is, the 1979 book, based off of E.R. Blazewith. And I read like some interviews, like his like, you know, reaction to the movie after it was made and everything like that. But I love how they took the elements from the movie and mixed it in with um, 
with this with to her with love mm-hmm. but he did, did but the author did say they did kind of downplay his relationship in the book for the movie i can tell you all that much <laughs> they actually did because actually um in his okay. autobiography the teacher he fell in love with was white so they had a um, interracial marriage you know got married and everything like that but they downplayed mm-hmm. it in the movie and everything of that nature so i was like oh he does, does and now he gives a nod to her wanting to go to london and cause oh, Sydney, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was teaching in London, like the students and everything like that. I can get it right now of uh, the movie. You have not watched it, but watch it on YouTube. You can find like a little rough copy or person on YouTube. But you know, he's an engineer trying to look for a um, you know, engineering job, but can't find one. So he took on a substitute teaching job um on the east side of London where you know all the ghettos, you know, students are at, but all his students were mostly white. Except for one of his students was a uh, mixed race and goes through like, you know, teaching them how to be, you know, sir and madam, like she's like, call me sir or call me Mr. Thatcher, um, teaching them like, you know, they wouldn't listen to him at first to, you know, kind of earn their trust. And then they broke the trust and then earn it back again. Um, like one of the students, his mother died though, but they're afraid to go to the neighborhood because he's a mixed, because dad's black. So like, we're not going to go over there because what, what people want to rumor about saying like, wow, the white kids going to the black neighborhood. In essence, um, you're seeing um, one of the students falling for the teacher. You're like, oh goodness! But you know, they're going, you know, they're going to the time. He's like, you know, adult things in essence. But he did get a job, I think, for engineering after all, though. But he dropped the letter. That's all I can say. But it actually, it's not a bad movie. But he takes different elements of it and mixed in with some of the students and the teacher. So kind of bringing that teacher from the movie up forward, it kind of you know mirrored. Uh, Thatcher as you know Jordan's character in a sense telling her version of the story a little bit and her oh, okay. which I don't know is really different actually and actually there's a part two to to start with love actually the 1996 version actually I haven't just watched that one yet <laughs> but that's the history of to start with love how they honor it in that way yeah. that's interesting I love that yeah so what did y'all think about you know in the end the whole London storyline that we have with Kayla. What did y'all think about that? I'm glad that she still got to go. Like, I'm glad that I think so often we think it's all or nothing. And when a lot of times there's kind of a workaround, it's like, yeah, maybe you aren't going to go to London for a year and teach, but you can go for the summer and use that time Mm -hmm. to learn and enjoy and have the experience, but then come back to the place where like this man that you're falling in love with is, and your parents are, and these kids that you love are, um, And I mean, that's life, right? Like you make compromises, but you don't necessarily have to give up. Yes. Even if you have to make a compromise, it doesn't necessarily mean giving up. You know, it doesn't mean you lose something. It just means it might look different than you thought it would be. So I like that London was still on the table for her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was a great compromise, you know, so she could, you know, sometimes you can have it all mm. in a different way than you thought, like Dory's saying, um, you know, and so I thought it was a good compromise where she could, you know, do what she wanted to do and then come back to the community, like Dory said, that she, that she loves. Mm-hmm. That she I'm not going to gonna lie. I'm excited she's going to London, but I wish that 
somehow that the town could raise some funds for her class to go with her and kind of kind of pay an homage to uh, to serve with love when uh, Thatch took his students to the art museums and stuff around town and everything like that. That was kind of like an eye-opener. Like, not only can you dream and do art as passion, you can travel and do it as well. Mm-hmm. And kind of also get the opportunity where students, mm-hmm. we can travel, high school students. I know after I went to, like, got in college, like, Wait, I've been traveling since high school. Like, no one told me this. Like, I always see it like in the movies and stuff. Separate find destination. Like, I ain't trusting that one. Other than that, um, but <laughs> not to say. I, <laughs> I start dying. Okay, <laughs> not yeah, final no, destination. Like, I kind of scared. Because, kind of like, <laughs> good movie, classic series. I'm just saying, that's the one movie that kind of be like, not want to travel in like high school, like. I don't know. They, they got on that plane. Yeah. They start dying off one by. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I think it was kind of what gave a great, you know, yeah. to like, you know, can't, okay, I'm going to go study abroad, like, you know, in London for the summer. But what do we do this next year instead of have the students go and like kind of pay that little homage? I think I'm kind of cool experiencing them like other, you know, artsy world through another culture eyes and be able to see in that sense. Hopefully, you know, that'd be a nice, you know, idea in the future. Yeah. 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 I I love that. You know, typically it's like girl returns home, falls in love. And like that idea of like, that's supposed to be enough, right? Like this is everything she needs now. And I just love how with Kayla's story, it's like, no, homegirl had visions for herself. You know, yeah, she's returned Mm -hmm. home. She's got a job. She loves where she is. She's met this man. She's fallen in love. But like, she still had that little checklist of things that she wanted to do. And I I think it was just inspiring to see like, yeah, I can go away from the summer. If you're going to love me, you're still going to love me if I'm there. And when I come back and like, we can still do this thing, I will be back. But like, I need to do this for me. I think we as women just have to remember, like, you got to mm-hmm. do the things for you, mm-hmm. too, you know. So I thought it was sweet. Shout out to them. OK, last last thing, guys. This part felt like an 80s teen movie to me. But what did y'all think about <laughs> ending it at prom? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Every movie that, like, ends like this, I all the cheese. OK. Yeah. I want <laughs> I want the, I want the, uh, I'm like, why can't every man's apology start with, I was an idiot? Yeah. You know, a lot of 100%. I'm just saying, that's a good humility place to start, men. If you are listening right now, I was an idiot. Great way to start an yeah. apology. Um, so I liked his start. I liked what mm-hmm. he said, how he apologized. And I mean the dip, the kiss, her mm-hmm, her outfit, yes. her hair, her everything. I, I I was for it. I I loved it. Yeah, I love a good ending too. I just love when there's like just like a perfect, nice, sweet ending. It's like oh, sure. Even even the yeah. students knew from day one. The students like oh they they yeah they definitely you know they definitely like each other. But I'm not gonna lie, he does missing his uh, his boombox. On, on the stage with him doing his uh, doing his rap. All he needed was a little boombox over the head, like, like let me let me wrap this up for you, right? True. Tribe. But I love how he got. I love how Joe got the inspiration from his student to like you know, you gonna take your fear to ask your ask, ask him in the prom. I'm gonna do mine and do my apology for from from his sky right here. And you know, mm-hmm. loved it. Like, I'm like, no, he's yeah. not. No, I'm like, 
with my eyes closed, like, no, you're not. Oh my gosh. What's <laughs> it was so good. It was also, I also just love, you know, it kind of, it takes you back to those days, right? Of like school dances and, or even just like dancing with your friends and being a teenager. Like they looked like they were having so much fun. It was so cute. They really were. Um, they did. And did y'all see that quick like shot yes! of Emma and Leon were, and yes! they had like the crowns on? <laughs> Seeing him with the crown made me so happy because he's he had been through so much. So yes. I loved having that moment for him. Um, I loved that scene, and I also loved. Um, her style evolution through the movie like she started the movie all buttoned up and very very private school right like the hair is straight she's wearing blazers and pencil skirts and then as she gets more into her new role in the arts she's wearing brighter colors she's showing her individual style Mm. her hair is um natural right her natural hair is out and she's doing more fun like styles with the hair she's wearing cool jewelry um and i feel like the culmination of that is the dance when she walks in and she's wearing this really cool dress like she dresses like a freaking art teacher you know how your art teachers always dress the best like they always had their own unique style they always had cool jewelry they it's because they're artistic they're creative and i love that she showed that and it also gives you like that yeah. sense of like yeah. conformity, like you know when you're at a like a proper school, like you're especially if you're like in a private school, like, there's proper you can't express yourself. You have to be this one thing. But when like she's in this public school, she's like, wait, I don't have to be controlled. I can just let mm-hmm. loose. I can just you know be who I am. And I think I love that about like she got to be free. She got to like say, wait a minute, let me, let me loose my tie a little bit. I can be able to you know <laughs> have fun and. Principal Nancy said, you will have full control. (laughs) Principal, can we talk about Principal Nancy for a minute? The way she tricked her into that job. Go ahead. And how she gave her a countdown. I was dying. She was like, this job offer ends in three, two, one. I was like, okay, Nancy, way to trap your girl. Man. I mean, yeah. Like, oh my god, like, you're, you're getting assistant too. And she's like, oh, and she's, then it's like you know, you want it. You're like, oh, I want it. Like, I don't right. want it to be gone. Like, I want the opportunity. <laughs> so before we have to we get off here, I have to ask side character wise, did y'all have a save? Because I personally was like, I really rocked with some. Tanya. I loved her. <laughs> Okay, can Tanya. we talk about the fact that I thought that Tanya and Jordan was together, but they weren't? I was like, oh no, like, are, are they talking? Are they, were they really dating? Like, I said, I like, Ooh. yeah, I was hoping it wasn't going to be right, like a weird, weird like they triangle were exes, thing, but yeah, it wasn't. I and I appreciated that, that. Yeah. Yeah, I like Tanya a lot. The actress is um, in Sweet Magnolias as well. And um, yeah. I like the actress and I, I like Tanya. I character. liked her character, yeah. Because uh, Kayla walked in thinking she was like, no. Nope. besties again. And Tanya's like, uh, <laughs> no. Her energy was like, that, the wall was up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I thought I had that conversation too. <laughs> so. I just have to bring up 
I just have to bring up that moment when they were in the library dancing and she said he was so fine and that I was loved so- it. Slip up. I yeah. loved that part. Yeah. She was like, I mean, you're 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 doing fine. <laughs> it's like, no girl, that's not what you meant. Well, I wanted to ask yeah. standout moments. So was that your like standout moment of the movie? It probably wasn't my standout moment. It was definitely like like a lighter moment that like mm-hmm. I need like in a movie like this, like just like a fun, like bonding, like, you know, light moment. Um, so it was definitely that um, for sure. And just one I wanted to make sure that we mentioned. Yeah. Um, but um, for like one of the more like, um, what do you call them? More serious or more heartfelt, I guess, moments. Um, I just, I really like the one um, mm. with her and Emma. Um, mm-hmm. when she came to play with her um, I don't know I just thought that was just so very sweet tender and sweet and um, yeah. yeah I think I that was my was like standout spot. moment was her and Emma um, mine was when Jordan went to what's his name Leon Leon when he went to Leon's house Leon. and you get kind of you find out why Leon's been late to school you get you kind of can see why he's on edge, why he might have some issues with like abandonment and stuff, because you find out that his mom works and there is seemingly no other adult in the picture. And he has a younger sister. So when his mom has to work and his sister is sick, he has to watch her. And so he might be late to school or miss school. And um, I really like the Jordan went to his house to kind of see what was going on and to, And to offer help and like offer a solution because it's really hard to ask for help, especially when you're a kid, you're probably like, Mm -hmm. well, this is, this is what it is. I got to do what I got to do to help my mom. You don't think to ask for help. Well, especially because his mom, right. I mean, I guess she's asking him for help, but she's not, you know, ask show he's not seeing her you know ask another adult for help so that's not even helping right like she's not modeling seeking help and so and you can just see in that moment when he when jordan says i have someone who can watch your sister so that you can be at school do you think your mom would be okay with that and leon's just like overwhelmed with emotion because someone is going to help him and care about him and let him be a kid, let him be a freaking teenager, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really loved that moment. And I also think it shows that teachers do more than just teach in a classroom. Like they do so much more than that for these kids. Um, And so I, I mean, I teared up at that moment. I thought it was so sweet. I think that was a real standout moment for me. It was, I forgot his name, but um, the one that um, Tanya was hoping um, with his dyslexia, with his reading, um, how um, how Sky uh, saw that maybe he had dyslexia. What was his name? Yeah, I think it was Elliot or something. And how he transformed, you know, his his hard for him to get, like, you know, see his words. He used it in art. And she's like, wait, he did this and he has to, like, like, it showed, like, he may have dyslexia in a form of reading, though, but his elective forms beautiful art on paper and there's a different way we can help that and mirror that in a sense. I thought, you know, for her to see that, like, no, he he's more than just, you know, his disability. He could do amazing things. 
mm-hmm. beyond that. And I thought that was a great highlight for for me and everybody else. Like, wow, I may have this disability, but I can do amazing artwork. I can express. And I thought, you know, just yeah. seeing a teacher see that and like, wait, there's something there. Because when I found my learning disability, my college professor, she pointed out when I was reading out loud, like, you're adding words. I'm going to see you go here and see. Because that was the first person ever, you know, told me that. I knew growing up, I was in like this little reading program in like second grade, but as I got older, because I hated reading out loud, I, I really did. I was not going to be practicing in class, like, okay, which paragraph I'm going to get after I count, depending on what the teacher picks, I'm like, I can read this paragraph. You're like counting the desks to yes. see when it's going to come to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, You're like, all right, I'm page eight. Let me do a little prep work. Yeah. That part. And when I got the help that I needed, the testing that I did and everything like that, I'm like, you might the guy who was doing my test is like, do you do puzzles? I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's for my little artwork of doing puzzles. I'm like, you're really good with puzzles. You're really good with memorizing. I'm like, I can do that <laughs> really easy. So it kind of gives you a sense of like, wow, like even though she identified, okay, you have a learning disability, but you do something totally cool with art in a way that no one else can express. And I thought that was a great highlight for the movie. Like being having this ability does not hinder you to do great things or be expressive. And mm-hmm. that was amazing for me. Yeah. Well, I loved this movie <laughs> with you ladies. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can follow you online. You can Jazzy follow me on first. Twitter and on Instagram at Shereem16 as S-H-R-E-E-M-1-6. Okay. Dory, you can follow me on Twitter at all the feels pod um, or my personal Twitter at Dory Benford. Come say hi. And Anne. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at awscott21. And I am on Instagram at Brie.unabashedly. And I'm about to read this message and <laughs> sent to me. So make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast all over social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give this a video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We also have a patron group you can check out and join for as low as $2 a month in a merch store with Tee Public. So check that out as well. Thanks everybody for listening. Let us know in the you know comments on our instagram and on twitter and all the places what you thought of this movie and let us know what's coming out next that you're excited about we'd love to hear and yeah we will chat with you in our next episode have a lovely day everybody Bye. bye